Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Nicole BC, and you know everything. The podcast that talks about big ideas, big dreams, perspective shifts, pushing paradigms, you know, all the things. (laughs) I needed to get this episode out today because I am really tired of everybody freaking out. Now, people may or may not be freaking out in your experience. You might be listening to this because what I am also going to attempt to do is as basic B as possible, explain digital currencies, CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. And I'm not really going to explain cryptocurrencies. There's a different episode for that. But I feel like... I feel like the reason why there's so much fear is most people don't understand how banks work, which they've been fine with for a really long time. Most people couldn't explain to you how their credit card works or how a mortgage works or like what the subprime mortgage meltdown of 2007 was or every financial crisis we've had yet. You start watching the news or reading the headlines and your pulse starts to race, your blood pressure goes up, and you think, I might need to take all of the money out of my bank and put it in my mattress. We've seen a handful of pretty substantial uh, bank failures, but I say substantial in the sense that it affected the people that have lots of money. And those people, well, they you know what? I'm not even going to get into it. This isn't a political episode. This is a very basic educational episode. If you are well-versed in all these things, you don't need to listen to this. You know all of this. None of this is complicated. And I also don't mean to insult anyone who feels totally overwhelmed by what they perceive to be as very complicated. I think one of the reasons I even have a voice in this space, because I'm not a banker, I'm not a financier, I am... Uh, distracted at best. So when I do my research, I'm reading like 80 different articles at once and I probably get about halfway through them. So I'm, did I already say I'm not an expert? I'm not an expert. However, the way that I explain things, the way that I think about things appeals to some people, even if it's just one person and I help them get off the fucking ledge when it comes to CBDCs and digital currencies and cryptocurrencies, I feel like I've done my job. So that's what we're going to get into today. Why? Well, turns out, at least in the United States, we're kind of rolling out CBDCs. Federal government is calling it FedNow. And this has been happening since 2018. Not the the actual rollout, but the planning and the talking and the testing, right? Because we're shifting, like we're evolving, we're growing. And the way that our banks were designed, I went on a little rant about this. If you're just, you know, binging on my episodes, I'm going to repeat myself right now. But banks weren't designed to transact 24-7, 365. They've really only been around for about 100 years. That's not true. They've been around longer than that, but they've only been stabilized for about 100 years. And that has a lot to do... Well, gosh, okay, I'm not going to get into it again. This isn't a political episode. But uh, most 
developed economies created a separation between bank and government, I should say currency and government, so that it didn't feel like your money was in the hands of the ruling powers that be. Now, this didn't happen in all economies, and we can see how that affected the currency value, the security that people feel like they have in their government and with their money. And this is why you'll see like wildly different approaches to savings accounts where <laughs> some, some people's savings account is an old coffee tin buried in the backyard, whereas, you know, others of us have multiple banks that um, exist both in the physical world and digital world. So anywho, you can see how there's this is like so layered and everyone's going to have a different opinion on it. You're going to be able to watch a hundred different YouTube videos that make you want to go off grid and live in a cabin in the woods. They might also inspire you to get some type of a advanced degree in finance just to feel like you can keep up. I'm here to suggest that you can probably just keep living your life and doing your thing. And if you are freaked out, I would encourage you to learn a little bit more. Please email me, hello at NicoleBZ.com. Even better, get into my Discord. I'm starting to create very messy tutorials to really show you, you can, you can baby step this out moving into the 21st century, getting into digital currencies. I personally believe this is where we're going. And I think it's not a bad thing. Now, there are obviously risks if you sell drugs, if you are into money laundering, if your economy exists in the gray market, digital currencies are not going to be advantageous for you. Uh, I may have participated in one or all of those activities <laughs> at some point in my experience. So here's the thing. You need to understand what your goals are in terms of your own fiscal policies. This is another thing we get into in the Discord container, specifically Psychic Profit Squad. But it's not for me to tell you what to do with your money. It's not for anybody. And if you're outsourcing that, ask why. Chances are it's felt super overwhelming. You felt out of control and unsupported, and you're embarrassed to ask stupid questions. There are no stupid questions. You should hear some of the stuff that I ask out loud. People literally like, pfft, like, la like they LOL at me. I don't care. That's how I've learned so much. And I've signed up for classes and shown up and audited classes because I want to learn more. And the teacher has, I've literally been asked to put the bong down and pay attention. I'm not even exaggerating about that. So um, it's been a minute since I've smoked bong. Let's also just be like very transparent about that. But okay, all super fun BZ-isms aside, let's talk a little bit about digital currencies because I bet you actually know a hell of a lot more than you think. So firstly, what is a digital currency? Guess what? It's exactly like your regular currency. It just exists in digital form. So it's, there are, there's no paper money. There's no metal or whatever they make coins out of these days. Like there's just no version of that, of this particular currency. So if you think about the fact that you've probably been using your mobile phone, your bank account, and your credit card alongside with a handful of apps to do a majority of your transactions, that's what digital currency feels like. So this isn't going to be a huge learning curve for you. You get it. You already use it. You already do it, right? Now, is digital currency cryptocurrency? No. 
Is cryptocurrency digital currency? Yes. So here's the thing. Cryptographic currency is highly encoded, which means a whole bunch of zeros and ones represented as letters and numbers are like ticker talker matrix vibes. Uh, what was that movie with Bernadette Humperdinck? <laughs> Sorry, the code changers, whatever. Like it's been encoded. So there's layers upon layers upon layers of numbers and letters to make it very difficult to read. Now, the beautiful part about cryptocurrency is there are different platforms online that allow you to see all the transactions. What it doesn't show you is from who to whom. So it's incredibly secure because of the cryptographic nature, the encoding that happens, because it takes like 30 computers to decode it at a minimum. And that's happening across all sorts of different computers. So it's decentralized in some instances. Not all cryptocurrency is decentralized. That's another conversation. But the point being, cryptocurrency is a digital currency. Not all digital currencies are encoded. Therefore, they are not all cryptocurrencies. Capiche? Now, central bank digital currency means it is a digital currency issued by a government, a central bank of a government. So it theoretically will be closely related to the fiat currency. I don't even, you know what? I've never actually looked up like the, what do we call the word origin of a word? Oh my God. This is probably why I should not be doing things. I looked up fiat and it brought me like that cute little Italian car company. Um, <laughs> this is why I should not be doing shit in real time. I kind of feel like video allows me to be a little more interactive and um, playful. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. For those of you listening, I'm sorry. What you can see me doing right now is dicking around on my computer. Fiat money is a type of currency that is not backed by a commodity such as gold or silver or oil. It is typically designated by the issuing government to be legal tender. So your cash monies, the paper monies or coin monies are your fiat currencies. You'll hear people in cryptoverse talk about fiat all the time. Point being, a CBDC will be issued by a government just like your fiat currency. And so it is backed by gold, oil, silver, which means that there should be a giant pile of gold somewhere that represents this giant pile of fiat currencies or CBDCs. Thing is, that's not exactly what's been happening. Oh my gosh, I misspoke. Fiat currency is not commodity backed. <laughs> it's kind of mind blowing that this is legal tender, but so the government unpegged, which means they disconnected currency from commodities. So once upon a time, currency represented gold, silver, oil. Uh, but that has not been consistent across all government, nor has it been consistent across currency. So typically, fiat is issued by the government, and it is considered legal tender, as in this is legal to use, whereas some might argue that other types of currency could potentially be deemed as illegal or a security, blah, blah, blah. That's all being debated right now. 
Fiat money doesn't have intrinsic value since it is not directly related to a commodity. That means that the value is determined by whom exchanges it. So it is a medium of exchange in the sense that it represents value in exchange for something else, typically a tangible product, time, expertise, access, a combination of the things. You might notice some similarities with that in NFTs, no big deal, but it is an alternative to commodity money. So back in the day, we literally used gold and silver. And um, then the fiat currency was introduced because it was like prohibitive to carry around a significant amount of gold and hair silver, also dangerous. And then we actually forgot <laughs> that we used to use those things. I mean, we didn't forget, but we just became so accustomed to using these paper representations of money. We we like attributed this value to that paper when really that paper is representative of value. And that value is really up to you and the government and like other things as well. But um, yeah, I think, I think that is all I needed to correct. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me. The concept is that a CBDC is stabilized in the sense that it cannot just wildly fluctuate based on the perception of value. So I'll use American currency since I am currently in America, you know, $5 can buy you a coffee, right? That's like unbelievable, but I digress. Now I couldn't go into Starbucks and be like, I'm going to give you $1 for your coffee because that's what I think it's worth. True story. But I could potentially go in there and be like, I'm going to give you 0.00001 Bitcoin for your coffee because that is what we think it's worth. And Starbucks would probably agree. That was kind of a weird example. Think about it more like in terms of trading goods. You know, you might want to buy my car and I might need to buy your Peloton <laughs> exercise bike. We might think that that's like a fair trade. Now, is that exactly how much my used Peloton is or exactly how much your used car is? No, but we've agreed on this perception of value. And so central banks and governments are beginning to create digital currencies. Why? Because that's the way the world is going. We are transacting digitally. Also, there isn't enough gold or silver or oil in their bank accounts to back the fiat currency. So you will hear lots and lots and lots of opinions about this. I don't think there's any reason to freak out. Now, if, again, you're engaged in some activities you would prefer the government to not be involved in, you are going to have a serious problem with this. And that's totally fine. Understanding how to manage your money is going to be one of the new skill sets that I think is crucial in the 21st century and what I talk about a lot in 21st century business and new world business. For most people, they're not going to want to be in charge of all of their money. Uh, I've personally moved a significant amount of my fiat currency, so my U.S. dollars, into digital currencies, into cryptocurrencies, and onto cold storage, which means I am now the custodian of my money. I have all of my money. And there are advantages and disadvantages to that. The most significant disadvantage is that if I lose that device that holds my money, 
or if I lose the password to that device, I lose all of my money. Now, most people don't want to bear the burden of that. Imagine carrying your life savings around with you in your purse. That's kind of what I'm doing. Now, why am I doing that? Because I'm unsure of what's going to happen with this whole shift. And I also really enjoy the cryptocurrency ecosystem. And so I am, I am exchanging within that. So that's again, a different podcast. Uh, Hopefully we've covered (laughs) digital currencies, central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, and cryptocurrencies. So um, I just want to make sure I took some notes just to make sure I'm impressing you. But there are a handful of these centralized banks. If you think of the Federal Reserve in the United States, if you think of the European Central Bank, I'm sure there's others in other parts of the world. Apologies for being very uh, Anglo-centric here. (laughs) Um, CBDCs are centralized, meaning they are issued from a central bank. Now, digital currencies and cryptocurrencies, that one of the challenges, one of their biggest I mean, it's not even a disadvantage. It is a glaring inadequacy is that anyone can make a cryptocurrency or a digital currency any freaking time. Stable coins are different. This is not a cryptocurrency conversation, so I will leave that one. But uh, the point being, like any Cracker Jack can decide to print some monopoly money in the digital realm and make a million or 10 million coins and tell you, you should buy this for your fiat dollars, your, your exchange that is tied to a commodity. And it might be worth it. It might be worth a hell of a lot more than that. It might be worth a hell of a lot less than that. And it's going to hit all of those a lot (laughs) in its, in its existence. And so That's why we talk about them being highly volatile. Their value is incredibly unpredictable and it's not really tied to anything in particular. It's kind of just what someone says. And most of us aren't going to want to take some finance tech bros word on if your Dogecoin, (laughs) which is a, what we like to call, well, I guess Dogecoin is no longer a shit coin, but Shitcoin is a great term for all of these digital and crypto cryptocurrencies that were created almost for funsies. And uh, I've, I did a whole series on NFTs and how NFTs can be used, but you can make your own digital currency. It's actually not hard. You can use my, um, the city roots style that I'm a part of can make a cryptocurrency for you if you want. I'm going to have BZ DC, <laughs> BZ digital currency. And I'll use that sort of as reward points and um, ways that people who work with me can be, uh, can cash out. I mean, essentially they could swap that for actual fiat currency, or they could swap it for a different service or access, so on and so forth. (sighs) So much to say about all of this. But the, the real advantages of digital currency are just that it's super convenient. It's basically instant and even with CBDCs, we're not going to need a middleman. So imagine being able to buy a car, to swap your car for my Peloton, and we don't need a title company. Maybe the title is an NFT, but we don't need to pay 2% or 5% to some credit card company or some bank to transfer the wire because we're not allowed to transfer more money than a certain amount. Like 
there are so many parts of the old system that just don't make sense anymore. Like how many times have you sent money out of your bank account to somebody else's bank account? Maybe you're using Zelle and it takes like 24 hours or you only had permission to send $500. Why the fuck can't you send as much money as you want? It's because they put these safeties and these regulations on you kind of because we weren't like always able to manage ourselves very well. And also if there was a freak out, if there was a panic, if the markets also fluctuated significantly, we'd run to the bank to grab our money. And because <laughs> there's not actually all the gold and silver and or oil that represent the fiat currency, banks as businesses became insolvent, which means they had spent more money than they were making. And they were, if you went to go to the bank to get your money, it wasn't there because they'd already sent it somewhere else. So I'm keeping things super duper, super simple so that you can just really lean into the advantages and the disadvantages. And does this matter to me? So digital currencies, instant, super convenient, no middleman, hell of a lot less cost because you don't have someone else like getting in the way. Um, biggest disadvantage is that you are wholly responsible. If you send your money to the wrong place is gone. If you lose the device you're storing it on, or you lose the password to the place that you're storing it, is gone. No one can help you. If someone rips you off, if someone steals your money, is gone. Um, there's no FDIC, federal, I don't even know what I'm doing. It's dance, federal insurance company, something. There's a D in there. Uh, there's no insurance. So we've seen a few bank bailouts recently because they had insurance, not because they had insurance, because Okay, that's a whole nother. There's there's just a lot. This is a very, very political situation that we're in right now. And we're watching world economic powers duke it out in real time. It's absolutely fascinating. And if you're freaked out, hit me up. We can talk it through. I'm trying to keep things as simple as possible, but my ADHD AF brain is like firing on all cylinders when I talk about this stuff. And my goal is to empower you, to let you know you probably transact in digital and you probably transact in a way that is super familiar to digital currency all of the time. So you don't need to worry about that. A central bank digital currency is not going to feel that different to you unless you are not wanting the government to have as much visibility in terms of your income and expenses. They, there is a chance that governments will start rolling out CBDCs and rolling back fiat currencies. We're seeing some governments do that now. And also I'll link to the study that just came out. The immediate data suggests that most people on earth are not going to embrace a CBDC. So they'll most likely run in tandem for a significant amount of time. Not everywhere, but we just have more choices now. So uh, the concerns, again, pretty real. Government is going to have a hell of a lot more say and potentially the ability to actually um, engage with your CBDCs. And also like anytime someone is convicted of, of any type of significant criminal offense, like the government will seize their assets, the government will seize their bank account. So this isn't stuff that we haven't seen happening before. Is it going to be slightly more instant and are they going to be able to have a significant amount more control? Yeah. There are, there are benefits and um, disadvantages to that. And unfortunately, we've, 
at least in the United States, we've been agreeing to give this all away for a long time. So I don't know. I'm kind of a big believer in like, let's deal with the situation at hand rather than freak out about what might happen or belabor what has already happened. Uh, yeah. If you listen to the problems episode, problems are awesome. You'll know where my perspective really anchors in that like, okay, so there's some real opportunities here. I've made a fuckload of money from digital currencies by doing nothing because of that perceived value, because of the ability to play with the concept of how much do I think quote unquote money is worth. It's all zeros and ones, my friend. Banks have been making up money by lending. If you're curious what I mean by that, please hit me up, get into the Discord container. Um, I think I'm getting to the end of my rant. But um, yeah, they have both CBDCs, digital currencies, and cryptocurrencies have their advantages and disadvantages. For your average human who is perfectly happy to get paid a couple times a month, to have that money transferred directly into their bank account, to have taxes and expenses taken out of that check, to once a year circle back to the tax man, pay what's owed, put a little into savings and spend the rest of it, it's not going to make any difference. At me. <laughs> but to those of us who are looking to take ownership, to build generational wealth, to take advantage of the tectonic shifts that are happening in our economic and political climates, this is, this is a wild time to be alive. And I am absolutely thrilled to be here with you. I do plan on rolling out more and more episodes in the discord container. It's not financial advice, but I'm just going to be sharing my process with you, how I got into this, how I think about it, how like actually simple it is. It's just different. It's a little bit different than what you've been used to in terms of going into the bank, having an ATM card, setting up an app, connecting it to your bank account and Bob's your uncle, right? Like this, this takes a little bit of practice, but there are ways of mitigating the risk. There are ways of making sure that you're not just sending your money off into the ether or that, you know, you're not going to get rugged as the crypto bros like to call it, which means you're not going to get ripped off. And, um, if, FOMO is a part of your experience right now and or complete panic and meltdown and overwhelm and disassociation. You tuned into this for a reason. It's because you're ready to learn. You're curious about how you can make this work for you. And I promise you, you can. I also am pretty sure it's going to be okay. Now, this is going to be a really interesting episode to, to listen back to. I was I've been thinking about this episode actually for months since about September of last, no, that's a lie, November with the FTX meltdown. Uh, but like, honestly, I was afraid because all of this stuff is going to get very dated very quickly. And I'm okay with that. I'm going to wear that. Let's circle back maybe in a year and see where we land. <laughs> honestly, I don't think a lot's going to have changed, but we'll see. Uh, you want to argue with me? I'm so here for it. You've got feedback, constructive or complimentary. I love it. If you know anyone who's having a complete freak out, please share this episode with them. You can always find me in the Discord container. It's free. So is the crypto channel. So is the investing channel. Psychic Profit Squad is not free, but you can join anytime. Everything will be linked below. Thank you so much for being here. This is, I can't believe I'm going to post this to YouTube. This is going to be fucking wild. You can find me anywhere at the BZ channel. And that's all I got to say. I hope you have an amazing day, afternoon, morning, whatever is, uh, wherever you may be. 
You know everything. It's going to be fine. I love you. Thank you.